Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing Thank You for Your Service, as well as recapping the entire second season of Stranger Things. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How you doing? I am busy. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, one thing I do need to say off the top is that I forgot to say we're also recapping the latest two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. That is something that's happening. I just forgot. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those days where I'm just gonna keep forgetting things, and that's how it's gonna go. I don't know. That's fine. That's fine. You know, everybody has those days. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I quote Hannah Montana right now? That's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I literally, I didn't mean to do it the first time, but I was like, screw it. <laughs> Just lean in. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I had to. I didn't have a choice. All right. Well, we are going to start with the movie, and then we'll get to what I assume everyone is listening to this episode for, which is Stranger Things. But we're going to start with the movie, and... This is an interesting case because I'm going to, I'll start with my overall thoughts and then I'll send it over to you and you can lead us off with positives. But this one's weird because I was watching it and it's well acted. It's for the most part, well written. It's, there's a lot of good pieces here, really good pieces here. Like there's Academy Award level performances in here. But I just, I don't know, there was something about it that I couldn't really put my finger on that just didn't get me all the way there for this movie, where it's just just a little bit off, where I can't, I, I don't even know if I can still fully tell why I didn't love this movie as much as I probably should have. Now, I don't get me wrong, it's a good movie, I do think it's a good movie, but I, I feel like I feel like I should have come out of this going, that was a great movie. But I've, it's almost like its message was bigger than the actual movie, which I don't know. I'm curious what you thought, Ozzy. What were your overall thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I should have uh, loved the movie more. But, I mean, what I will say is I learned more about what definitely. veterans go through and mm-hmm. what they have to go through when they come back. And... I will say this movie is educational and, and, and it really puts it really puts a, a light a spotlight on, on what they really go through when they come back. Mm-hmm. And this is really a unique film when it comes to that. I mean, I don't really think there's a lot of films that deal with you know, with that, you know? Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of war movies, but you don't see the aftermath of the soldier when he comes home back after the war. And I think this movie does a good job in the most part of showing that. Um I mean, you already said it, Carlos. I mean, um, great performances all around. I'm going to go ahead and say Miles Teller was really good in this movie. Again, another solid performance by Miles Teller. He's just doing a great job. Um, Haley Bennett really, really, uh, I really felt her performance. I mean, she does, she's great in everything that she's in. She was amazing in this role. Her and Miles Teller really have a really great chemistry together. 
in this relation. Like, you really believe this relationship? Yeah. At least for me, I believed it. I really believed their relationship. I was rooting for their relationship the whole entire time. I mean, this is, I believe it. There's also a cameo in here. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because I, I don't know if it's in the trailers or anything. So I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, she's in here for like, a, I'm going to go ahead and say nine minutes, probably like nine, eight minutes. Of the probably movie. in total. Yeah. It's spread yeah. throughout. And, but yeah. And she was actually really good. I know it sounds weird. That I'm saying she, but I mean, she was actually really good. And I want to see her do more dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. That's a hint. So I, mean, <laughs> I think she did really well. But um, anyways, yeah. But the story, the story was really intriguing. Um, and again, it was just for me, it was educational to know. To just to see what these veterans go through, and as not not also with like the post traumatic stress, and not also with just you know hallucinations and stuff like that, but you know you would think that they would get top priority help, you know you would think that that's what you know that they would get, and it's not, you mm-hmm. know they have to wait. It's like waiting in the DMV, the worst, you know, <laughs> like yeah, it's like you have to wait. They have to wait months to a year to get treatment and that is unacceptable so it just shows you the truth of what they go through when yeah they come back. i i do want to well first of all i want to ask you a question uh, <laughs> do you think miles teller is better in this movie or in only the brave mm. because i agree he was great in this I'm gonna have to say like I, like if I have to choose a performance, I'm gonna have to say like a, like probably, um, probably only the, uh, only for the brave. Yeah, that's what the movie's called. Um, yeah, I think I think just a little bit though. Yeah, he, I know. Again, he does yeah. a really great job in this movie too. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but I mean I think he gives a little bit of a better performance than not only the brave. I mean these are, I mean they're two different. They're very different the performances. Why, yeah. yeah, they're different performances, and the thing about only the brave is you know. You also see a character, a character evolution. You know, you see him change. Yeah. As for here, you know, you see him. Not that he's not changing, but you know, you see him just going through traumatic events. So, but I think I think the adaptation, the evolution in Only the Brave really helped that performance. Yeah, so that's why definitely. I'm giving that the edge. All right, and and then one thing I also want to say, Haley Bennett, you're right. She's great in this, and she has officially moved past for me at least because for the longest time because i think she first popped up either last year or maybe the year before that in like some major movies right yeah she was in um girl on train yeah and i know for a while it was kind of just like she's that girl who looks like jennifer lawrence and i think she has definitely moved past that she has kind of kind of made an made a name for herself and she kind of stands on her own now and i think that is a uh, she, that is well deserved. She definitely has worked and earned that because she is very good. And in this movie in particular, you're right, she is very good. And overall, performances wise, I don't think there's really a bad performance in the movie. I'm trying to think of one. I can't really. Um, it's just it's solid all the way around. And uh, you, we brought up the message quite a bit, and the, the movie definitely has its message. It's very blunt about it. But this is not. A case like Suburbicon, where it's just so distractingly blunt, where they this is exactly what the movie is, this is what they're trying to say, and that they're, they're just they're doing it so harshly, saying it so strongly that it, you can't even focus on the rest of the movie. It's not that because I think that they 
it just you could feel that they really care about what they were trying to say in, with this movie you could feel that they really care about veterans the whoever the director the producers everybody everybody involved really care about what they're what they're making this movie for and about and i think that that really translates well when it comes to just what they were trying to say throughout the movie now i do also want to praise the editing for this movie because i think when you're dealing with something like this when you have something really something in particular that happens that kind of sets off how these characters feel and what is going on with them because all right if you don't know what this movie's about it's these soldiers are coming back from is it iraq or Afghanistan? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's one of those two. Uh, yeah, they're coming back from the war, and they have post-traumatic stress and disorder, right? They are dealing with a lot, and they are coming to the realization that they need to have this taken care of because they have families, they have lives that they need to get back to, and they need to be living, and one of them just wants to get back to the, to the war, which is crazy to me, but, you know, that definitely w- does happen. And... They're trying to deal with all of that. But there's a specific event, for the most part, that is the crux of the movie and the crux of the reason that they are going through this, the biggest reason. And I think the temptation when you have something like that is to kind I, I, I don't know, to show it uh, either outright early on in the movie and then have everything stem from that, or keep intercutting and showing exact like pieces of it throughout and then frustrating your audience because they just want to see what happened. Now they do cut to it back and forth a little bit, but it's not in a way that you're just like, whoa, just let us see how that event happened. It's, it's more of a man, what happened? Like they did a good job of editing it. So we are curious about what that was that caused them to be, to have this disorder but we're not like all right just show it already they did a good job of kind of giving us bits and pieces and then at the end showing us the entire the thing in its entirety and that being a good payoff and i do think of all the characters which i'm going to get to how they kind of broke up the character arcs and things like that but of all the characters i think miles teller's character is probably the most developed i i really i think his arc is really solid you get a lot of exactly who he is and why he does the things he does and there's a lot of different levels to his character where he is clearly going all going through all this but he can't let go of his impulses as a leader of these men at times and he kind of sacrifices himself at times to get the other guy's help so I, I really like that aspect of it. That he was probably my favorite arc in the movie. Uh, do you have anything yeah, else? I mean, he, yeah, I mean that was, yeah, I mean I feel like he they developed him the most because we saw him the most out of everything, yeah, out of everybody. So yeah, that was it. I mean, I, right. I mean, like I, I agree with everything that you just said. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move to negatives. Ozzy, what do you got? I feel like they didn't develop some of these characters. A lot. I mean, yes. and you'll see, and you'll see. There's a few of them out there, you know, especially the supporting role, um, like as one of his friends. I don't feel like they developed, <clears throat> excuse me, his character enough, and mm-hmm. that's strange because he did get enough, like a lot of screen time. 
but I still just don't feel that we got enough of his character. Yes. And and everything. Um, I just really couldn't, and I just feel like I couldn't connect with him. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. That's not. That's not necessarily like a negative, you know, from from my from my aspect of it. But I, I wish, I do wish that there was more character development on, on his side, you know, just to see, um, you know, kind of what happened and everything. Because we got like this huge story arc with Miles Teller, right? Mm-hmm. But I just feel like we, like, I also wanted that from this other character as well. Um, and there's a few others as well. I mean, we have cameos here and there from different um, from different people that were in the war, but I just don't feel like we got enough. And I'll agree with you from the very be- <clears throat> from the very beginning. I mean, there's nothing really nothing nothing that really sticks out of this movie. That's re- that's a really bad movie. It just really didn't it didn't hit me as much as I thought it would hit me. Yeah. You know, like there's just something about, and I don't know what it is. I mean, it's a good movie. Like, I'm not gonna say this is a bad movie. I actually recommend that you guys go see this yeah. movie because, like I just said, it is an educational movie, and this makes you want to get out and do something because, you know, so the like part of the problem, which you know, like one of the lines that one of the soldiers says here is like, you know, you know, like it's, you know, I think we're like, you know, we're out there, we're fighting a war, we're war heroes, but you know, when we come back home, it's like, you know, it's nothing. Like mm-hmm. no one knows, like no one knows you or anything, and like I mean, you you feel that, and you feel bad for them, and you know just to see them, you know, waiting in line just to get help, you know, just they have all these problems and they're just sitting there for hours, and they have to wait months up to like a year or so. That is insane, you know. Like these men and women have sacrificed their lives for us, and you know that's that's the best we can do like that's completely unacceptable completely unacceptable you know so Mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like in that aspect it really shows you what they go through and and, you know it makes you want to do something it makes you it makes you want to do something and i feel like i feel like people should watch this movie there's not necessarily like a negative like a huge overarching negative my only like my only thing is like i just like there's something there was something about it that it I just it didn't hit me as well yeah. as I thought it would hit me. Let, all right, well let me try to kind of I'm, I'm I've I I've still I saw this movie before you did and a while before you did actually. So I've had some time to kind of sit on this movie and I think I I'm gonna give you my idea for what I think the issue was, and we'll see how you respond. But I I think ultimately you can pin it on the script and. I the I think there's a couple of examples as to why and the biggest one probably and this was the first thing that I originally was like this is I think the reason why I didn't connect to this movie as much as I feel like I should have and I and I think it is a part of a of the script but the issue that I first thought of was that we get basically two guys stories here and I only really cared about Miles Teller's storyline. Then there's his friend, and they he gets almost as much screen time. If we're being honest, it's a he gets a lot. But I think we got two very separate and distinct storylines. Now they definitely did intertwine at times, but it almost feels like it was two movies jammed into one. Like I would have either preferred the Miles Teller story or the other guy's story, you know. And we got both of them. And I just don't think we got enough of, we ended up getting enough of the other guy. 
And I think that's a little bit of the script because you could have just written him, written his friend as more of a minor character instead of trying to make him almost a co-lead, um, which it, it really, he does feel like a co-lead at times and then times it's just like, but I don't really care as much as I should. And then another issue with the script here is I just think that for some reason, now I did, like I said before, uh, I'll, I'll get back to my negative in a second, but like I said before, the this definitely feels like they can't, everybody involved cared about what they're making, what this movie is. They care about this movie. They care about what it's about. They really care. But for some reason, it just it doesn't feel fully genuine at times. And I think part of that has to do coming back to the writing with just some of the way the script is written where yes they definitely it is written in a way to make us completely feel and understand and learn about exactly a, a lot like you're talking about a lot of the issues that go go on with when it comes to how we deal with the veterans as a our veterans as a country right that's definitely something that this movie wants to get across but because it's it's almost like because it's so caring and because it's so written from an outside perspective trying to get you to care about this issue, it doesn't feel as genuine. It doesn't feel like this is really, these were really guys that actually were saying these lines. It's like they were acting this to make us care. You know, do you get, does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, and I see what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the, with his, with his co with his co with his co star, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't have I don't a problem know, with the acting. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was the script. I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, maybe it was. I mean, it was maybe it was the way the movie was put together. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you know, we we saw American Sniper, and you know, that was one of the. I mean, that was one of the best movies that year. Yeah, I mean, it was a really good movie. And you know, we've said. I mean, all in the brave. I mean, if we're going to compare that to this, I mean. Um, I mean, we they chose leads, and you know the, the lead, you know these leads and the supporting roles really went. They really matched well together. Uh-huh. So I don't know what what else they could have done. But the characters but felt like... so fleshed out and genuine in Only the Brave, whereas in this, I didn't feel that all the way for most of these characters. You know, yeah. and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Like maybe if they would have, you know. Maybe if these characters would have interacted more, if they would have, yeah. if we would have seen a more developed relationship. But I mean, we never, you know. Yeah. I, I really, don't, I really don't know because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dock at any points either. Because if that's not, if that's not even how it is, like if that's how it was, I can't dock at any. I'm yeah. not gonna dock at any points. So I mean, I don't know, but I just, I feel like I should have loved it more. But unfortunately, I just it didn't really click for me. Mm-hmm. But it's still a good movie, and yes. I do recommend that. Like you know, you go out and you support this movie. Definitely. All right, you want to rate it? Yes, I'm going to give. Thank you for your service. Seven point five. Seven point five. All right, I am going to be slightly lower than you, and I'm going to be a seven point two. Think this is a good movie. I really do, and I would recommend it. It's just, I feel like, and it's almost like we're being hard, harsher on it because there's so much potential here, you know? Like, we, I really feel this movie could have and almost should have been, like, great. Like, we're talking, like, one of the best of the years, you know? 
and it just didn't get to that level, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still a good movie that people should see, especially when it, considering what it's about, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Carlos and I, I mean, Carlos, I know we have somebody who's in the Marines. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any other military friends, but, you know, we also have Rob and he's in the mm-hmm. Navy. So, you know, we have people that are in the military and, you know, so we do, you know, Screen Fellows, you know, we here at Screen Fellows, we do support the military. Um, I I think, I mean, this is, this is, again, it was a learning experience for me to go see this movie. And I love when I go to a film and not only... And not only learn, you know, how to act, how to, you know, what good cinematography is, editing and stuff like that, but also love learning. It's great when you also learn about things that are going on in the world today. And it's also great when you learn about specific things. I mean, maybe it relates to you. So, I mean, I think this is one of those films. I mean, you know, it, it's it's educational and it's, it's something that I feel like people should see. So I highly recommend it. Definitely. All right, well, now we are going to move on to Stranger Things, and don't worry, if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to start off with a small non-spoilers section. So, for right now, you're still safe. We will give you a very explicit warning when we start talking spoilers. But, Ozzy, what were your overall thoughts on Stranger Things Season 2, without any spoilers, just what did you think of the second season? Honestly, I loved it. And I really, really, really loved it. When I, man, if this would have came out just when we were making our top tens, boy, um, TV uh, this year would have been damn. I mean, this would have been it on there. Um, this was a great season. I'm gonna have to say, Carlos. I mean, this might be a bold statement. Better than season one. Better than season one. Whoa. Um... Better than season one. Okay, I, this I is going to be an I interesting say, discussion. <laughs> I got to say, man. No, but I mean, there is, when we get to negatives, like, you know, I'm going to say, because I, I did talk to you about it. I did yeah. talk to you about it. Yeah. But um, there is there is a negative on here. There's a, there's a, it's actually it's kind of a big negative, but I loved it. I loved it. And we'll talk about it more in the spoilers. But they, you know, we get new characters on here and I feel like they add more to it. And yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. I mean, all right. So what are, what are your overall thoughts before we get into the spoiler not spoiler okay uh we we all right we've talked about this when it comes to stranger things before it's a great show and there's no denying it the first season is great it's now i've said this before and you i think you might agree with me but you had to think about it a little bit and that is i don't think it's the best show on netflix and i know there's a lot of people who would go what but that's you watch more things on Netflix. There's better things on Netflix. It's still a great show. But with that in mind, with me saying, yes, it's a great show, but it's slightly overrated. This season is solid. I, I don't think this is better than season one. I really don't think that. I think it's got definitely got some issues, some pretty big issues like you alluded to. But I think it's very solid. We get right back with these characters. We are fully just it feels like we're right back with this group and we're having fun with them and it's just they capture that the same spirit that the first one has the score is great the way that's shot is great that the it's just it's a there's a lot of really good stuff in this second season i just don't like how they handled one particular aspect of the story and that's it, to me really holds the season back from being great and even as great as the first season. 
So, I guess Ozzy and I will slightly agree when it comes to how big that negative is, maybe. But, that was our very short, very brief, because we do want to talk spoilers. That was our very short non-spoiler section. So, now is your official spoiler warning for... Stranger Things Season 2, we are going to get into it, we're going to start talking about this season, and we are going to spoil the crap out of it, so if you have not finished it, if you have not seen it, you should tune out, go finish it, and then come back and join the discussion with us. Alright, this is your last chance, we're talking spoilers, starting now. Alright, so, <laughs> I don't know, how do you want to do this, Ozzy, because, uh, I, do you want to start with... You want to start positives? You want to start going through what happens in the season? How do you want to do it, Ozzy? We can start positives, man. All right. Um, Go for it. Again, all the performances are amazing. All the performances are amazing in this movie. And I'm, I got I to gotta give some shout-outs, man. Um, I mean, I think Noah Schnapp, who plays um, Will Byers. Yes. He was oh, in my the first, gosh. He, yes, listen. <laughs> he was in the first season a little bit, right? And we saw him here and there in a few episodes, right? Yeah. This season, damn. This kid, he's gonna win this an Emmy. Kid can act, man. Like, <laughs> damn. Like, I mean, I, I, I was in he's, shock. He's so good. I was just, he is so good, and you get attached to this character, you know, so well. Like, one of my, one of my concerns really going into this was like, I was like, man, I don't know how this kid is really gonna fit in with the group because you know we've only seen yeah. like, a trio. It's so true. I was like, I don't yeah. really know. I, I don't really know how he's gonna be, you know. And then I saw him with it, like with everybody, and I was like. This kid, man, this kid stands out. This kid is so great, man. It, it was amazing just seeing just seeing his character. I mean, just seeing his character go through these things. I mean, it was so well acted, and I got to give him props. He did an amazing job coming back. And, you know, he had a bigger role, and I got to say, he did, he did really great. Sadie Sink, who plays Max, loved her. Loved her character. Great addition to the cast. I loved her character. One of the best additions to the show. Absolutely loved her character. Um, she's one of the best characters this season, Max. I, you know, she is just awesome. Can't wait for season three because you know I think she's a season regular. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great to have her board on board. Um, another shout out um, is Darcy Montgomery. She played the Red Ranger on Power Rangers. It's Carlos's favorite movie of the year. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's not my favorite movie, but, uh, but it's one of. But, Yes, yes, it is. It's one of. But he did a great job. He did a great job in this role. I mean, I gotta say, I gotta give it to him. I mean, I, I was like, I don't think I'm ever gonna see that Red Ranger again. I think it's whatever. And then I see him here. I was like, damn, he did a pretty good job. He did a pretty good job. He here. was good for what they asked him to do. Yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty good. I liked him. And um, I'm just just go back to Steve. The last the last person I'm gonna bring up is Steve Harrington. I'm trying to pull up his his name, the actor's name here, uh, Joe Keery. He did an amazing job again, and I'm really happy that the writers actually gave us, and like you said it, you know, when we were talking on the phone, like, I'm actually glad that, you know, they gave him like the, like a 180, because he was actually like a really good boyfriend to, um, to Nancy, he was trying to be supportive, and then when all the stuff was going on, like, he was one of the first people there, you know, so I really liked his character, the kid act, the guy who acted on, the, the guy who portrayed him, Joe. Kiri, he did a fantastic job with this character. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think he was he was the he was the perfect character for them to change directions on. 
because the first season he is basically a villain i mean he's not like evil villain like he's just he's not a good person we're not rooting for him and towards the end especially at the end when the show makes the decision to have nancy get with him instead of um the brother what's the brother's name jonathan yes instead of get with the brother everyone was kind of like what like but the show realized that they could number one use that and number two use his weird popularity because he did get very popular if only for the reason that he looks like john ralphio from parks and rec um he very he got very popular because of that and then also uh, just because he is a very likable kind of personality on the screen, even when he is a bad person. So the show realized that they had a great opportunity to switch directions with him. And I'm so glad that they realized that because he is now one of the best characters in the show. And that's impressive for you to take a, a character who was basically an antagonist and then make him a fan favorite by the end of the second season. That's a great job by the writers. And... I so agree with you on the kid who plays Will. Oh my gosh. Like, we have seen um, the kid who plays Mike in a few things here and there. Uh, and he's the, he's the wrong kid to be pulling out of this. The kid who plays Will is amazing. He's going to win an Emmy unless, like, something completely blows me away. He's at least going to be nominated for an Emmy. I would be shocked if he isn't. He is that good in this season. I do want to bring up Winona Ryder because Winona Ryder is glorious and she is really good in this season again. I love, look, I, I, Winona Ryder is amazing. And I think she does another amazing, she gives yeah. another amazing performance. I mean, just seeing, God, and all those kids, man. Uh, I mean, Finn, Finn Wolfhard, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Caleb Mc, McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry about that. I don't know how to say your name. <laughs> uh, last name. And um, the the kid who plays Dustin, I can't, I don't know where where the oh yeah okay, Gat uh, Gatton uh, Matazaro. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't pronounce. It. I'm sorry, <laughs> You're good. <laughs> but Dustin, Lucas, and Mike. I mean, they all did, and and Eleven. I mean, they all they all did a fantastic job. And I, you know, you still love the characters. They brought the characters to life. And I, I and I gotta say, I gotta say, I mean, I really like the twist that they also did with Mike. You know, it, he was kind of depressed this season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because of 11. And, you know, again, he gave another solid performance. And I'm going to say he did even a better job this time around, too. I mean, Agreed. he did he did an amazing job with this character. And just to, just, to, just to really give Mike that kind of twist, I really liked it. I really like what they did with Mike this season. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we, before we move into negatives... I do want to kind of do something because what I did was after every episode, or not really after, it was while I was watching every episode, I kind of wrote down some of my biggest thoughts as I was, as I was writing, and um, <laughs> I want to read some of the ones that kind of stand out to me as some of the funniest that I had while I was watching this, and when we got to season three and Dustin... Dustin, I think it was, found the alien in his garbage. My first thought was, do not trust the alien. No matter what, do not trust the alien. And um, I was right. And then one thing I do want to bring up is early in the season, 
I started to notice something, and this this is going to help me kind of continue to bring up positives here and negatives as we move along. But early in the season, in episode two in particular, I really appreciated, and I really started to appreciate that we really have consequences here from this first season. And I really like that because I think of the temptation with a lot of shows, and this is definitely the case with something like The Flash or really any of the CW shows, there's not much in terms of consequences for what happened in the previous season. You know, where something will happen and then by the time we get to the next season, it's like we've moved on, whatever, it is what it is, we just continue on in what we were doing, right? That that happens in a lot of TV shows where the first the season before really doesn't matter. This season of this show is not the is not that. We very much feel the effects of the first season where they're trying to they're living with what happened. They're living, Mike is living with his loss of 11, and it's not going well for him. And all of this stuff with the government and with this, um, with this laboratory where they've forced them to be quiet, and they're all dealing with that, and it's affecting relationships when it comes to Will's mom and Bob. It, it, it affects all of that, and I really like that there's actual consequences. We are getting consequences especially and i think the especially biggest with nancy yes. nancy yeah nancy yes. and uh steve you know and they it, have it affects the relationship and, yeah yep and especially when it comes to barb we get and i know for some reason our former head of marketing bob hates barb but barb one of the biggest things was somebody died from last season somebody died last season right barb died and that shouldn't should never have been something that was brushed over and that was a lot of that was definitely something that i was a little worried about going in like are we going to deal with the fact that somebody literally died from the events of last season and we do we do that's a major issue especially when it comes to nancy's arc so I really appreciated the consequences when it comes to this season. And one, one thing when it just, I, I think what they did a great job when it comes to Will is giving us a constant sense of uncertainty when it comes to Will. Is Will Will? That was something I literally wrote down in season four or in episode four. Um, where there's just this uncertainty about what is going on with Will, where he, you know, he gets that he's attacked by that fog type thing, and we're just not sure what's going on with him. And then as we progress, like he's a spy or whatever. And a, a side note, I love how the kids completely just approach life like it's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like they literally talk about what they're going to do, like they're sitting at a table playing Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> which is just amazing. Um, and it works. Yes, it does. It's so great. <laughs> now, I'm going to start talking about a negative, and this is probably gonna this is gonna be our biggest negative as a whole. And I'm gonna start talking about it because. The first time I wrote something about it in my notes is in episode four. And what I wrote down is, the L storyline is frustrating. Hopper is basically a villain. <laughs> and that, to me, is... That carries on through basically all the way up until episode eight. And, that, and that's true. The entire L storyline is very frustrating. There's interesting moments in it, but... She is, she's secluded from the rest of the group. Like, what are we doing? I, I, I think that that was, you know, we talked about great decisions by the writers. 
I honestly think that that was a horrible decision by the writers. And that's why I yes. think that this season is not as good as the first. Because you, one of the best parts of your show was the group aspect of it. And I don't know if maybe you thought that you couldn't just add somebody to the group and then throw the balance off because Will's coming back so now there would be too many people. Well, then why would you write Max into the story if that was the case? So that's not the reason. Look, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, one of the like, look, that's that's like one of my biggest negatives too with Elle's storyline. I mean, I didn't mind. Look, I and I didn't mind the relationship that 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 Hopper and Eleven had. It's a little creepy. I thought it was. I mean, no. I mean, he was trying to protect her. I don't think it was anything like that. I don't think he was trying to get with her. No, I mean, no, no, that would have been creepy. No. But I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying think, that he straight but, up was, but I just got a little bit of a weird vibe from what was going on. But that was just he me. just didn't. I mean, I was. I mean, he was just super overprotective, and when he was explaining it, I was like, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, get I understand it too. what yeah. you're like. I understand. I mean, I wouldn't think there would be a problem with her like sitting outside on the back porch, but I get it. Uh, but I don't think it's right for him to have said you can never. Exactly. That's when I wrote he was a villain. He's he forces her to stay inside. He yells at her multiple times. It's like, dude, I don't care. Like I, he he's not. Then this is where it was throwing me off. You know, as much as, yes, he was trying to protect her. He's not her father. He's just not. And he really yeah, but, can't. I mean, she, he's trying to be a father figure to her i mean this is but he yeah. doesn't know what he's doing and i don't know it just but, I mean, okay but he's dealing with the thing is like he's dealing with a little girl one with superpowers yeah that's wanted by the government i mean you're right it's, it's, like, impo- you it's an impossible her, situation I mean, it's, but it's, it's a very difficult situation i mean you're just trying to do the best that you can Yes, I will say that he looks like a bad guy from Eleven's perspective, because especially you get a montage of things that really piss her off, and you see the things that piss her off, and he's in one of them. But then you also get a montage of good things that she really loves, and again, he is one of those things that she loves because he has been protecting her. If you compare the, if you compare her papa, I don't know her, I don't know what his name is, but if you compare the the person who played her papa to Hopper, Hopper's a pretty stand up guy. And but they were doing the same things at a point. Yeah, I mean, we're keeping her secluded and yeah, but I mean, he just didn't want her to be experimented on. I mean, and you could tell by the end of the show, he was like, I don't want her to be inside anymore. I want her to be free. I want to figure this out for her because, you know, he was finally working because he, you know, you know, after they had the whole blow up. But yeah, but okay, that's not the biggest negative for me when it comes to her story, though. Um, It's the side adventure. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. look, 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 for one, like, okay, like, why we don't, we don't need that. And especially where they put it, I was frustrated. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was falling asleep. I was trying to finish the show because of how good it was, but that story almost made me fall asleep. Like, like, we, I think it was episode seven, we had this huge thing go down at the, at the laboratory, and Demi Gorgons were legitimately coming up from the hole in the bottom. Right? And you're like, oh my gosh, like this is insane. Next episode, Eleven's like rob- helping robbing a bank. Like, how do you go from that dramatic thing, all these things are going down, everybody's, yes, everybody it, is coming together, and then Eleven's like, yeah, and say robbing a bank. Like, it just, it doesn't fit well. Yeah. The, and we had a, and episode six was the one you were talking about with all the demigorgons attacking the thing or whatever. And episode yeah, seven, 
was the one where it was basically an entire episode of Elle and her side storyline. And the problem is it literally has no purpose. I mean, the only purpose that it has is to make her stronger with her powers. That's the only thing that actually progresses when it comes to that story. Now, I to even go back, to, to take a step back, when she goes and visits her mom, th- that was interesting because I, I think that they that was a well-done sequence. It felt very, very Requiem for a Dream inspired, where there's a lot of the editing was just to make you disoriented and to make you feel what was going on, especially when we get some of the mom's backstory, which is heartbreaking. And that was well done. I, and I think that, that if they would have just been, if she would have just gone back, you know, gone back to um, the, the group after that, I would have been fine with it because she got something out of it. She learned something from it. You know, we got some very important backstory. But we then she goes and does this thing with her sister, quote unquote, that what are we doing? I, I, I really did not like that whole element we open the show with the sister which was an interesting choice i think it was a bit supposed to be a bit of a shock fast factor of oh my gosh there's more there's another one and there, there was supposed to be that and that was effective but then the payoff for it was just not because we go back to it and literally what's what happens like yeah like for me nothing for me like there could have been two ways to have gone about Elle's story right I didn't mind the mother aspect to it. I was okay. Yeah. She's playing better past, whatever. Fine. Um, I would have had her reunite with the crew a lot earlier, okay? Because I feel like she could have been effective in the fight, and then they could have figured that out together. Would have made, and then, made um, me hate Hopper less. Yeah. If she got out and of then, there faster. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, on top of that, um, I feel like one thing I didn't like, I didn't like how Elle disliked Max. Like, I, like to me, that that would have been for me. That would have been like hmm. something ideal for them to have been like, okay, we're gonna have two, we're gonna have two girls in the group now. What I would have done if I was a writer, if I was a director, I would have been like, okay, why don't we have Max and L like learn from each other? L has been, you know, I feel like I feel like Max could have learned from L to stand up for herself against her brother, yeah, and that would have been a powerful moment. And then you could have had. L learn from Max, you know, how to be, you know, more normal, you know, like to stand out more and stuff like that, you know, like to, it's mm-hmm. okay to stand out, you know, cause Max doesn't care about who she is, you know, and that's great. You know, I feel like they could have learned from each other and I feel like that would have been a great relationship to see, just to see those two girls work together. Cause they, mm-hmm. these two girls, I mean, they're powerhouses and I would have loved to see them work together. Yeah. Um, and then I think, I think would have probably would have been good. Like if you're going to introduce more like people like 11 in the show for the future, have them like, I feel like the best way to have introduced eight would have been to say like, okay, maybe she's like trying to go to Hawkins and she's trying to rob something. And then that's where 11 kind of crosses over with her. And then you could have had eight actually help with the, against the fight. I mean, you have different ways that you could have approached it. And I feel like they went about it the wrong way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they went about it the wrong way. And I feel like that's what I would have done if yeah. I was in the room. Cause I just don't feel, I feel like an, like a full episode dedicated to, to that is just absolutely yes. ridiculous. And absolutely 
absolutely ridiculous. You know, they could have fixed this with one thing, and that is having her eight go back with L. I mean, that, that's it. That's all you have to do. Like, then there's a reason, because we had to go to this storyline, and we even if it was not the most exciting thing in the world, we had to get eight to help L. But that didn't happen. So what was the purpose? That's my biggest thing. There's no reason for it. And that's why I think that this negative is a huge one and why I don't think this season is as good as season one. Because in season one, not off the top of my head at least, I can't remember a storyline that I could just say, we could have cut that completely. Or even an episode, because honestly, I could have dealt, done without episode, um, what was it, seven. You know, like, I could have done without, you could have just cut the entire thing. We basically spend the entire thing with L, and it's the storyline that we really have no reason to care about. So, alright, I think we've talked about that storyline <laughs> enough. And one thing I do want to talk about is the brother. We brought him up, or the brother of Max. Uh, we brought him up a little bit before, and... Uh, I think you're right. The brother, he is, it's well acted. I don't think he is the issue, but he's a caricature. Uh, he is your classic kind of 80s villain, like 80s kind of bully. That's what he is. He's very much that. They try to add a little depth to him as we go along, and it kind of works. I think when we have, a, we have that scene between the dad and him, that was the most interesting scene with the brother where I was like, Okay, now I'm starting to understand him. But there's also slight racist tendencies with the brother, which was a fascinating choice, just like to casually make him a racist. But um, I don't know. It, it was... I, I wasn't the biggest fan of that character. I think they should have I mean, you're added... Su- I mean, you're, you're not supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was a dick. I know, you know? but was, I wasn't like, I mean, just he how he was written. He was about to, like, destroy... Yeah. He was about to destroy Dustin, I think, is... Yeah. Yeah. No, not Dustin. Lucas. I think yeah. that's what his name is. Um, he was about to beat up Lucas, and that's not right. But, I mean... I mean, I think... I mean, I think he thinks at the time, you know, like, his sister was liking him. And I don't think in the 80s I was still, I don't think in the 80s interracial <laughs> couples true. were still, but, like, rooting for, yeah. I, don't, I don't think in the 80s it's just like, yeah, interracial yeah. couples, man, you know? Maybe I'm I, a little harsh on the character, but I... I mean, I, I like the character for what he was. I do like the fact that he, he like, I think he's a great substitute. Like, if I have to add, like, a high school villain, yeah. I think he's a great substitute I guess. for Steve Harrington. I think, I mean, I think he was really, I mean, I really liked his performances. I, I really did. I mean, I think, I mean, I think he did a good job. I was absolutely dying when he met Nancy Wheeler's mother. I was Oh my gosh, dying. that was funny, that yeah. That was such a great scene. He's just like, are you Nancy's sister? Oh, wow, <laughs> Mrs. Wheeler. It was so great. Um, absolutely loved the scene. Yeah. And I love the scene where he is beating up, like, I love, I love Steve's. When Steve and him were fighting, I thought that was just a great fight scene in general. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really great just to see those two really interact and get <laughs> physical. It was great. I loved it. I mean, that, then, that, that, this whole montage. <laughs> and then after the fight, when they're driving <laughs> and Steve wakes up and they're like, dude, you got the crap beaten out of you, but... <laughs> No, I love no. That's 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 like, hey, buddy, hey, shh, you're okay, you're yeah. okay. You put up a good fight, but you, 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 you just asked me, but it's okay. You put up a good fight. You put up a good, up a good fight. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and um, then they were all screaming when Max yeah. was driving the car. It was fantastic. Yeah, it and I was. love Steve screaming like a girl. I was like, ah! 
Yeah. Um, Wait, one thing I do. Last thing about the brother. <laughs> um, I the 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 thing that stands out to me that I wrote about him was actually when he was being confronted by his dad and they like you saw how bad the dad was right and i wrote the dick doesn't fall far from the tree (laughs) (laughs) and uh i think that's definitely the case i also wrote the very next thing i wrote was is bob the mvp and let's talk about bob because i i was at first i was unsure how i was going to feel about his character i was a little nervous that i was going to be thrown off by the fact that this is a bigger name actor in this but at the same time ultimately it didn't bother me he kind of blended right in with the cast fit in really well and i ended up really liking bob and really liking his the role he ends up playing and you could tell that he really cared about will's mom and i i ended up liking bob he's not my favorite character but I think they used him very well. Man, I was rooting for Bob, man. Yeah, like, all right, in the beginning, in the beginning, I was like, all right, you're a bit cheesy. You're a bit cheesy. You know, you're too cheesy. Like you're a gullible guy. I mean, I wish nothing upon you, but you're too gullible for me. You're, you know, I'd hang out with him, but I'm like, I wouldn't do anything like super crazy with him, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as the show, you know, as like we get him and he gets involved and everything, I'll say, okay, you know, he's. He's he's a good guy, you know. He's yeah. he's still going after the girl. And I'm like, damn, he's actually a pretty good guy. I would have never thought that he would have died because <laughs> he he is he is the most light-hearted part. Like he is the most love. Like he is just so jolly, you know. He's so happy. He's so like he said. Yeah. Like he's so positive on on things, and he is just always trying to do the right thing, you know. So, like, and that's good. You know, you would never wish anything wrong upon someone like that. And just the way he went out, you know, I thought it was, like, kind of like a metaphor, you know, like the light burns out, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like he was the light of the show this season. I mean, Definitely. clearly. Um, I mean, he was just such a light, char- like, like he was just such a bright light in the show, you know. And I think he was, I think, I think he was to signify, his character was to signify hope, you know. And... You know, clearly the darkness, you know, took away the hope and everything, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was really great to... I was so sad to see yeah. him go because I was rooting for him. I was like, I was like, damn, he forgot the gun. I mean, I think he's going to get bit, but I don't think he's going to die. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. he's going to get he's going to get hurt. But when he when you see and the way they executed that scene, it yeah. was just so great, yeah. you know, and that's and that's why I'm going to say that this season is better than last season. OK. Yes, there's an entire there's an entire episode that can be cut off. This season is like an episode longer, mind you, and a whole episode could have been <laughs> yeah. longer, right? Because yes, we want more Stranger Things, but not Elle's weird side story. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know you're great, but um, um, you know we all love Elle. I'll talk more about the her. positives of Elle in a little bit. Yeah, her her side story is not that great, but um, you know I. Like you know, just just the montage. You know, for me, one of the you know, for me, how I, the reason why I love this season so much is, you know, we get a lot of payoff for things, and I feel like the, how they cut things together is just so amazing. And I'm gonna go ahead and say one of the best scenes in the entire show was when you see Bob, right? You see Bob explaining to well, you know, I had a dream once, you know, mm-hmm. and I was standing up to you know whatever, and as you like, you cut back. 
from Will standing up to the huge dummy Gorgon, and then back to Bob standing up to when well, Bob's explaining how he stood up to his dream, and you just see, man, like it is just insane. I absolutely love that scene where it's the dummy scene. Gorgon kind of goes in him. It's one of the best. It's like one of the best well put together scenes mm-hmm. I've seen in the show. I mean, just to see the editing and everything that really yeah. went into it. And the score, the, the score, score for this whole amazing. season is great. So, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, but I mean, just the just that scene was yeah. just—it was just so powerful. It was a really great scene. Speaking of great scenes, uh, I'm. Th- this is another thing from episode. You know what? I'm just gonna read my entire episode eight notes because in reading it, like I hadn't picked out what my favorite episode is, but based on what I wrote, I think episode eight was my favorite episode. So. I wrote, obviously, the dick doesn't fall far from the tree. Is Bob the MVP? Bob got himself killed. Them trying to figure out and explain everything is the best scene of the season. And I do want to talk about that scene because that is my favorite scene. Is when they're all sitting around and they're, the kids are talking about how they relate everything to D&D. They're like, okay, so that was Demi Gorgon, and now we're calling them Demi Dogs. And we think that this is this and like all this stuff. And they're all trying to explain it and they're going, okay, so if that's like this, then doesn't that mean this? And they're trying to figure out how they can beat it. And it's just all the characters that we care about, except for Eleven at that time, who are sitting in this room and just tell, just talking about what the frick is going on and how they're even going to try to defeat this. And it's one of the best scenes. It's hilarious. And it's just a great scene. Um, then poor Will. I, I think Will, we drugged Will at that point, probably. And, or no, that that's when I think they were trying to burn the thing out of Will. When they were lighting, or they were heating him up and trying to get that thing out of him. Which, again, great performance. Jeez. Um, Steve didn't know what Morse code is, which is, that was one of the funniest random things that they put in there where they were, they were like, wait, what's that? Or Steve's like, what's that? And they're like, Morse code. (laughs) It's just like, it's again, it's reminding us. It's another reason for us to like Steve. It's just because he's kind of like, yeah, he's better this season, but he's still a dumb jock. He doesn't know. (laughs) He's still stupid. Um, then, okay. (laughs) This, this might just be saying something about me, but Nancy can use a gun swoon <laughs> that's what something i wrote um because that's when uh who was it i think it was jonathan was like or uh, what uh, what's it? hopper gave jonathan a gun and was like do you know how to use this and he's like kind of and then nancy grabs the gun and i was like oh my gosh i'm in love um and then this is so great man uh, this she is great. is great and i'm so happy uh, one of the notes i wrote a couple episodes before was nancy does the right guy and yes, I meant to say right, that. <laughs> right, yo, I was, I was like, yes, dude, yeah. I was throwing a yeah. party. <laughs> and then, and then to end the episode eight notes was I wrote just in capital letters, letters eleven. She's back, and that was great. It, it ended with eleven coming back, and us kind of being like, finally, we're done with that random storyline. <laughs> and that's probably episode eight is probably my favorite, just because. Like, literally, I don't have a negative note in that entire section. So, yeah, it it was good stuff. Uh, Let's talk about the finale, the last episode. It was definitely really good. I mean, they kind of had their plan, they executed it, and 
there's there's definitely there's just it was a very exciting episode everyone kind of had what they're going to do the kids kind of went off and did their own thing even when they weren't supposed to and i love how steve is kind of their leader now (laughs) he's kind of their leader but kind of just like uh you need somebody to watch you so (laughs) i have to go with you and steve goes with them and they go and they're trying to burn i guess those tunnels or whatever and that was really good and then nancy of course goes to jonathan which i think was a great choice to kind of uh burn that thing out of will and then hopper and was it 11 it was just hopper and 11 or yes who went to the um the lab and tried to take care of things on that and shut that gate I really like this uh, this finale. I think it was definitely solid. I do think, like I just mentioned, the previous episode was a little better, but it was definitely a very good episode. And there is a moment in this episode, and this is the biggest thing I want to talk about from this episode, for me at least, where Eleven is just, she she's a cultural icon at this point. And watching this season i was like we are watching the making of one of the most iconic characters in the history of television and that is amazing like honestly and i don't i know that's being a little you might say that i'm being over dramatic but i mean when she floats off the freaking ground and is closing that gate it is awesome you completely forget about everything that was wrong with her storyline that season just because she, she is such a great character. She is so well acted. It's just, she is a amazing character that you just are constantly rooting for, even through slow storylines. That's how you know that she is a great character when she has a bad storyline this season and you still care. She's a great character. And that was... That whole, this whole episode was kind of the moment when I was like, we're going to be talking about this character as one of the best characters in television. That's just true. So that's the biggest thing I wanted to say when it comes to the finale. Do you have anything in particular to finale or any other final thoughts on the season? Man, I, I, again, I mean, I really, 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 really love this season. I mean, mean, this is one of the, I mean, this is my favorite season, I have to say. Um, it was just so great just seeing everybody back together. And man, I, I, I gotta tell you, man, I mean, I told this to my friend yesterday. I told you, I told my friend Jakia this yesterday. Mike and Eleven really make me believe in true love. Like, like, <laughs> not like, like young love. I'm sorry, young love. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, like, because, because, you know, you see him with her and then you see him, like, go off, mm-hmm. like, on, you see him just go off on Hopper. Oh, it's great. And he's Hopper's yeah. just like, dude, like, just let me talk to you by yourself. And you see these two people that care about her, <clears throat> but you just see Mike just absolutely berating him. Yeah. And I gotta say, he like the the kid who plays him gives an excellent performance there yeah. again. That was his best and, episode. Yeah, I mean, it was just so intense, you know, just really seeing him just go insane. You can tell that he loves her. And then and break into when, the crying. It just to transition to that so yeah. smoothly. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was just intense. And then their final goodbye, 
an episode, like in the season finale, he's just like, be careful. I can't lose you again. Mm-hmm. That is just, I mean, I was thinking, I was like, damn, like, am I watching Twilight? Like, what <laughs> am I watching? Because it was so, you know, you just, I'm like, you're rooting for them. I was like, man, I really don't hope they pull another, she's going back to the upside down thing again. Yeah. And, you know, they kept her around. And then, you know, you see them go to the dance together. And it is just great, you know. You see them kiss, and you're just like, "Oh man, young love, young love." Mm-hmm. It's it's out there. It's real. It's real. I, I was like, you know what? I'm a believer because <laughs> it was great. It was great because you're rooting for these characters. And again, I mean, I love the competition that Dustin and Lucas had for Max. And I, I, I honestly, I ship, I ship Max and Lucas. Yeah, I definitely. Ship. And it was great. They did a great job with Dustin at the end where he is kind of just he does his thing with his hair, which was that that's one of the best side relationships in the season is um oh what's his name? Uh, Steve and Dustin and their kind of bromance is the best. <laughs> it's so good. And then Steve when Dustin does his hair like Steve and then goes to the dance and then he can't get anyone to dance with him. It's just heartbreaking. And then Nancy to the rescue. That's actually another note that I wrote was Nancy to the rescue. <laughs> and that was so good. It makes you love Nancy even more and just your heart breaks for Dustin, man. He is so good. Um yeah, that whole sequence was great. Uh, and you're right. the The relationship between um, uh, Mike and Eleven is really good. And the last thing I'll say on this season is I I really like how this season ended on a different note than last season, where last season ended on really kind of a down note. I mean, they won their battle, but they lost Eleven. So that was. I mean, it ended on a downer. This season very much ends on a high note, but then they still give us that little tease of things are not over yet. And I think that I'm I'm just really looking forward to the next season. So, yeah. I wanted it already, man. I mean, this is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, it really is. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best show of all time, but I'm going to sit here and say it's one of my favorite shows Definitely. of all time. It all is right. so, so good, this show. Um, I, I'm... Like, I'm not going to, like, you know, I think I came on, like, you know, Carlos, Carlos kind of forced his show on me. So I was like, I don't want to watch this thing, man. And he showed me the trailer. I was like, oh, I'm possibly interested. And then I watched it. I was like, damn, it's really good. But I think I got on it before all the hype yes, for it went out. That definitely helps us. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's overhyped. I mean, I haven't heard anything about it. I mean, I just started recently hearing that it's overhyped. I just, I never heard anything about it before. But, I mean. I don't know. I don't like to. It's become for me, overhyped for me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna say it's really good. I'm yeah. not gonna sit there and say it, but I'm not gonna sit there and be like, you need to. Like, I mean, of course you need to watch this show. Like, what the hell are you doing? Well, because but, it's a uh, cultural. It's one of those things where it's just so ingrained in our culture at this point that if you're not watching it, you're almost like you're just you can't engage in half the conversation that's going on this month. <laughs> this know? is this is yeah. Like, and I feel bad because like. You know, I feel like I feel like this is gonna be somebody. I feel like this is somebody. I'm just this is just not their thing, and it's fine. Cause I, you know, I relate. I relate, <laughs> and uh, I'll say it again. Star Wars isn't my thing, but you know, it's good. But it's and it's it's a relatable thing. So. Yeah. 
and but this has become like the Marvel movie or the Star Wars of TV, you know, where it's like an event. No, I'm gonna go. No, I, no, I'm gonna go ahead and say Game of Thrones. I mean, yes, Game of Thrones is definitely for weekly TV, but Game when it comes to Netflix and them their style of releasing everything at once, I mean, oh, this yeah, jeez, the hype behind this like, release, like, the hype behind Stranger Things and the yeah. hype behind Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, these two are like battling for the Star Wars TV realm. I mean, every time Game of Thrones, no. I remember, and I was having a conversation with my friend about it. She's like, nah, Game of Thrones is, like, bad. Like, it's not, like, one of the greatest. I'm just like, are you, like, are <laughs> crapping me right now? Like, what the hell? Like, you haven't even watched the show. You yeah. haven't even watched the show. Like, are you watching the show right now? Yeah. Okay. John and Daenerys, like, hello. Sharon, did you not just see what just went down? <laughs> did you not just see the Night King? What did he just do? And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, Sh- shut up. You don't know what's going on. Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Game of Thrones is the most judged show by people who have not seen the show in the history of television. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, if you sit down and watch the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. And then you'll be like, damn. Everyone has an opinion on Game of Thrones without having watched it. And it just baffles me. It's like, how does that even make any sense? But anyway. It's one of the best acted, one of the best shows of all time. All right. right. We've gone really long. So I think we should probably skip uh, recommendations unless you have a really quick one you want to throw out there. Stranger Things and Game of Thrones. People, right. what are you doing? Watch it. <laughs> right. um, I'm, I don't really have one, so I'm just going to skip because we don't have any time. So, Ozzy, thanks for joining us, of course, as usual, because, you know, you're the co-host. But anyway, we're going to throw it over to myself and Jesse to finish out the episode and talk some Star Wars Rebels. Stay tuned. we're back with another rebel recap uh carlos how you doing today i'm doing pretty well uh, very busy it's going to be a busy day yeah but yeah. hey we get to talk about star wars rebels so there's nothing wrong with that that is true two very good episodes as well in my opinion yeah um uh first let me apologize i promised last week the two new videos would be up by the time we talk again and i have run into technical difficulties so uh as of right now, Star Wars in the Eyes of the Innocent. Uh, check that out if you haven't. Uh, that, But the next episode of that is rolling forward on schedule. But my book review series has hit a little bump in the road. I've been having some technical issues. So we will get that just as soon as possible, I promise. But anyway, let's get to our episodes. So our first episode, I believe, is called Occupation. Mm-hmm. And it is... Um, in that episode, we get the team to go back to Lothal. We were speculating about that ne- uh, this last week, and Carlos, you won that bet. <laughs> you said that the Rebel Alliance would send them back. I said they'd have to sneak back, and you were right. They get sent back to help uh, Ryder Azadi, who is the former governor of Lothal, if you're not aware. Uh, we covered that in like episode one or, or season one or whatever, but... Um, yeah, we see them return to Lothal, and basically Ezra is heartbroken because everything is either desolate desert or wait, or just like 
complete under terrible control of the Empire. Yeah. And the sky seems to be on fire all the time, it seems. Yeah, it was actually quite shocking. I mean, Lothal doesn't, to, for me personally, Lothal doesn't stand out as like this planet that I'm like, oh yeah, Lothal, and I would be able to pick it out just by its like features. But uh, now, I think now that's I part kind of the of, point. Yeah, I know. But now I kind of can't <laughs> because it's like, okay, Lothal looks pretty awful. Right. And I mean, going with the current Star Wars canon, I mean, that's pretty common with a lot of Imperial yeah. occupied worlds. They were rich in Dunium, and Dunium was getting harvested because that is what most. Uh, what most starships are made out of because it's resistant to um, it, it disperses energy like laser bolts and stuff but that is the main thing that the Death Star was built out of and that's why they strip mined so many planets was to build the Death Star um, but right now obviously this is the um, Thrawn's kind of headquarters for his pet project the TIE Defender which I love um, it does look very cool yeah, I mean, well, you've fa- faced down my TIE Defender in um, yes, I have. the X-Wing board, uh, tabletop game. Not uh, a fun time. Yeah, I love that thing. It's just <laughs> deadly. But anyway, we got to see how deadly it was, but um, that was in episode two. So let's, let me back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go back and uh, Ezra goes to try to meet up with an old friend, old Joe, that ran a bar. And they walk in and it's a bar, an Imperial bar now being run by Baron Valen Ruder. Uh, who is an Imperial Ace. And actually, most Imperial Aces, if you um, got a certain number of kills over a certain period of time, then the Empire would grant you the rank of Baron and uh, usually give you some like ruling over part of a city or whatever. In this case, he just seems to have a bar, which makes sense on Lothal, I guess, because most of it's just mining anyway, but still. <laughs> uh, that shows that he's a very talented pilot, and he is in charge of that bar now, and he recognizes Ezra. And they have to escape with Zuko. I don't remember the character's name, but the voice actor for it was Zuko. Yeah. uh, From Avatar The Last Airbender. (laughs) Uh, Basically, they have to run through through the sewer system uh, to try to escape. They have to face down a tank and a bunch of stormtroopers and eventually make it to Governor Azadi. The main purpose of this episode was just probably the visuals of seeing how different Lothal is now. And getting Ezra's reaction to it. He... He's not very happy, and then obviously that continues on into the next episode, right. where he kind of just gets flat out depressed. <laughs> it is, and but one thing about it though was in this episode, um, I thought Ezra's reactions were a little bit all over the place because he was super That's excited true. to go back to Lethal. Then he was depressed when he saw how bad it was, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. But then he was super hopeful at the end of the episode, saying, "We're gonna make it," mm-hmm. and it was like, um, "Okay." Uh, I think that probably should have been a line that came from Kanan, but oh well. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts on this first episode? Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, it was a solid episode. Like I said, I think the you're right. The biggest thing about it is the visuals of just seeing how bad it had gotten. And it's kind of another just reminder of... Because, you know, every time, every once in a while, they need to remind us how bad the Empire is. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those cases. Yeah, like the, the old Joe that Ezra went to go meet up with had been had been executed, like, the day before, mm-hmm. apparently. So that's... They finally killed somebody. Yeah. Just off screen. I liked how they 
they had to smuggle themselves in because security on Lothal is so tight. Yeah. And the fact that it didn't work, they didn't, they didn't easily smuggle themselves in. They did get caught or almost caught. So yeah, we're finally seeing some competence on the side of the empire. And it was nice to see the death troopers again. The death troopers were in this episode as Uh well and giving orders to regular stormtroopers. So that's showing that they're kind of the elite. Um, my only other thought on this on that first episode is probably um, Hera and Kanan yeah. almost got a kiss in there when they were hiding from some stormtroopers, but uh, it got interrupted, of course, and they had to run away. So <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah, we, I still think we're building towards um, an Ezra and Sabine type thing. Yeah, probably. Especially in episode two was heavy on Ezra and Sabine, yeah. and they had a lot of back and forth, a lot of sarcasm going back and forth between them, and I mean. Oh, sorry. And it's just going to be uh, pretty natural. Uh, nat- natural build, I think, yeah. right there. But uh, episode two, they go to spy on uh, the new TIE Defender. Uh, we've seen the TIE Ten- Defender before, but this is the TIE Defender Elite, which we learn has a hyperdrive, advanced weapons, even more maneuverable, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so they are sufficiently scared of this thing. And uh, so they're moving in to get some more information about it because uh, Sabine wants to steal the like flight recorder thing from it. So they got the exact speculations to take back to the um, Rebel Alliance. But they get caught, of course, in the middle of the act. And Ezra's connection with animals actually takes a play because <laughs> they have to use uh, lo- loaf cats to distract the stormtroopers, which was a throwback to season one again, I think, when mm-hmm. Ezra was... Learning to connect to the Force, he made a connection. He figured out he connects to animals really well. So they did that, and then he sees a wolf off on the horizon. So the wolves from uh, the uh, season trailers are finally coming into play, and they're just as mysterious as before. Because apparently this was the first time one has been seen in over a 100 years on Lothal. Yeah, it seems like they're like extinct or something, and to kind of get that and then see them, it's interesting. I was a little confused by the whole thing. Like, just what are we? Yeah, where are we going with this? But it's cool. Yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. Yeah, but um, of course they get interrupted by Thrawn himself when they're stealing the uh, stuff. So Sabine just says, "Okay, we'll just steal the whole ship and try to fly away," Uh, which of course they were gonna. There's a remote detonator on there, but Sabine, but Sabine and Ezra didn't realize that at first. So mm-hmm. they go flying off uh, after destroying most of the ships in the base. Yeah, and have some uh, Tie inter- interceptors come chasing after them because uh, Thrawn wants to know exactly who is or exactly what the capabilities of this ship are against some uh, ver- some experienced pilots, and he's actually able to determine. Who is on board the Defender? That was one of my favorite parts. Exactly. Like, he knew Ezra was on the base because Ezra actually had to whip out his lightsaber and fight. But just by how fast they disabled the tracking device on there, he knew that it was Sabine in there with him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, so Ezra is not a good pilot and Sabine is this. And because somebody suggested Hera was on board and (laughs) and Thrawn was like... No, this chase would be over if Hera was still on board. Was on board, she would have killed everybody by now. Yeah. Uh, so that was really nice to see some competency from Thrawn. Yes, I. While I, I did definitely love that part. It's my it was probably my favorite part of the episode when he kind of figures out who's piloting the ship and all of that, and who's who's on the ship. 
And I loved his comment about Hera because it's, again, just something adding to Hera because I think she's one of the more short-changed characters when it comes to this show. Yeah, definitely. She's a great character they don't use enough. And just to, again, add to her mystique and her kind of her abilities in that way was it was a good move on their part, I think, when it comes to the writing of the show. But go ahead. But I did kind of roll my eyes back in my head when Thrawn again was like, oh, just let them go or or not yet. When whenever when they were like, oh, we have this remote detonator thing right well and it's not it wasn't a detonator i know but, i know yeah. the the thing that sh- sh- uh, it cuz it, when they activated it it sent the wings off the ship or whatever and he was like no not yet i want to do this this and this i were definitely rolled my eyes back in my head just like again like yeah, come that, on that and was I way get too it. easy this time it worked because he had a reason he wanted to test the ship and he wanted to see who was on the ship like it, it made sense more so this time than it has before but the fact that we're doing it again kind of made me a little annoyed but that's my only real complaint so. yeah it, that was a little bit of a complaint but while you're talking about under like short change characters yeah. i'm ready for more zeb and Definitely. more callus we have gotten barely any zeb this season and we've got callus who is now a confirmed rebel and we've seen him for like Five, ten seconds total. Yeah, we got a little bit in this episode. I'm just like, ooh, that was, that was cool. I want more. Yeah, where like he's he's put he and Rex are put in charge of the ghost until they can the team gets off Lothal again. And Callus just makes a comment about how much time he spent chasing that ship, and now mm-hmm. he's in command of it. And of course, he and Rex have a little back and forth, which I thought was pretty cool. But. Yeah, and Callus <clears throat> is a, another. You're very you're very right. Uh, interesting character. They don't explore enough. Like, I want to yeah. know how long he was a rebel. Exactly. I don't think he was a rebel this whole time. I think he got changed. He changed over. I mean, it could have been ha- happened when Zeb and him were stuck on the planet together. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It might have been going on a little before that. I think with his character, it is a perfect opportunity for the show. And I don't I'm not I don't necessarily think they do it, but I would want them to do it for them to have an episode just about his transition and his decision to join the rebellion. Right. I even think he would make a good um, subject for a novel. Yeah, that could work. Like too. his entry into the uh, the empire, him serving the empire, and slowly having that build over yeah over time. That, just, that would be yeah, interesting. I just really think that would be a, like a good kind of bottle episode. But I don't know that it'll. I don't ever, know if we, we don't have time. Exactly, yeah. that's the problem. But okay, anyway, they crash the Tide Defender. Somehow find enough time while the empire is going to re- to reclaim the wreckage so they can rebuild <laughs> it to remove the hyperdrive. From the ship. Questionable. Yeah, that's very questionable. <laughs> but they're slowly dragging it away, and this they're following a Lothcat, or at least uh, Ezra is. Sabine can't see it, mm-hmm. and it leads them to a hidden cave where they hide the hyperdrive to go back for it later. And then here comes a Lothwolf, uh, and it, this thing is huge. It's like, I don't know, I'd say like eight feet tall. Which was uh, pretty cool. It can maybe talk. I think it can talk. That's what I was about to say. Like I, these thing, this thing has got at least some degree of sentience. Yeah. Because it leaned in to uh, 
Sabine and said, sleep. Mm-hmm. And she just passed out. Yeah. So I think it's got some connection to the Force, at least. Um, and then it offers Ezra and Sabine a ride back to the the rest of the Rebellion. Or not the, not the Rebellion, but their team yeah. on Lothal. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But then by the time they get back, uh, the Loth wolf quickly disappears and no one else ever saw it. So Ezra's thinking he might be crazy, but obviously he's not because they actually tra- like traveled a long distance over this. Yeah, and they specifically mentioned that they did tra- travel very far, very fast. Yeah, like so. Zeb questions, how'd you get here so fast? And yeah. then Kanan says, I believe you. Uh, everything seems to be coming together, but I don't know towards what. I guess that's how we're all supposed to be feeling. Yeah, so. we're just like, we're like, yeah, we, I feel you, Cannon. I feel you. Like, I, it, this was a really good episode. Yeah, it was nice seeing some Imperial competence, seeing the power of a, a uh, TIE Defender. Sorry, I blinked there for a second. <laughs> in the hands of, an, of a very mediocre pilot. Like Thrawn pointed that out. He said, if Ezra Bridger, who is very mediocre, can dispatch three of our best pilots in this thing, then we've got... A huge one up on the rebels. Yeah, definitely. Um, but let's uh, let's go back to the loath wolf. Whenever um, Ezra questions him at the end of the episode and mm-hmm. asks right before it disappears, "Why did you help us?" It just leans in and says the word "doom." Mm-hmm. And you know, it took me a minute because I was I was sat there and thought and thought and thought, and I was like, "That that word is so familiar." And finally, I looked it up. And Doom, the way it's spelled in the subtitles of the show, D-U-M-E, uh, is actually Kanan's last name. Kanan's original name was uh, Caleb Doom. And he took the name Kanan Jarrus to escape the whole Jedi thing mm-hmm. so he could become, he could live in the galaxy again. So I guess it has some connection to him. Yeah, that's, that's a little confusing. I mean, because even... Mm. We were watching with subtitles. Yeah. We were just happened to be watching with subtitles, and we saw how it was spelled. But if we didn't see how it was spelled, it could easily have been Doom, D-O-O-M. Exactly. And I was even thinking, like, if we didn't have subtitles on, it could have easily been just been us thinking thinking the wolf was talking and it just making some sounds. Yeah. Because it was very low, very exactly. quiet and subtle, which I like. But they're going to have to... They've got some explaining to do. Yeah, and I I don't think that I don't think this is meant for us to be able to know exactly what's going on. Like this is very much a, like when you use use the word tease in storytelling. Like this is definitely that we are being teased as to what this might mean, but we are not supposed to be able to put this together yeah. at all <laughs> because they, we got very minimal information. So. I'm very curious, but I have literally no idea what it's talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, this was a great episode. We've had no filler this season, which I love. We're really, really hitting it home, bringing this to a conclusion of some sort. Uh, They still need to explain why the Tide Defender was not more widely used besides it just being expensive to build. Like, why didn't we see it in any of the movies? But I guess they could explain that away kind of like the Tide Striker. We didn't see the Tie Striker in any of the movies, but it was obviously there. Uh, if you remember from Rogue One, that's the mm-hmm. one with the actual wings on it. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Unless they're able to destroy the it, they might be able to just make it incomprehensible enough that yeah. the Empire 
just decides, you know, it's too much trouble. We're just going to defund it. Yeah. Because that's the whole deal with the with TIE fighters. TIE fighters are cheap and expendable. Yeah. And so they just make a whole bunch of them, release a whole bunch of them. So they're not extremely good fighters, but they're maneuverable, and that's about it. Yeah. So, I mean, and the TIE Defender is the exact opposite of that. It's basically a super maneuverable, high-powered, expensive fighter. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. But I'm very satisfied with this and looking forward to next week's episodes. And I really like this two episodes a week thing. Yes, it's very, it definitely feels a little bit more filling. Yeah, we're, we're not getting just like, here's a little hint of story and what's gone. Yeah. We're actually getting a nice self-contained chunk every week now. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. Looking forward to the season finale when everything happens. Oh, yeah. Well, mid-season finale. Mid-season finale. finale. <laughs> Sorry, man. You know, the premieres, mid-season finales, and finales is when things actually like happen. But we're getting a little bit more in, in yeah, the actual this is season the best, this time. This is the best constructed season yes. that we've had. And Since season one, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Season, yeah. I would agree with that. All right. You want to sign us out or you want st- to, where, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colonel Swank. Uh, be sure to send me whatever Star Wars questions or movie questions that you want uh, on there. I'll be happy to respond. I'm trying to be more active on there. I haven't been there very a whole lot in the past months. Uh, but also be sure to be watching our YouTube channel. We've got that up and going again with some Walking Dead videos and my Star Wars series. Uh, so check that out. If you got any Definitely. other ideas uh, for content, please let me or Carlos know. Carlos, where they can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Cherry456, also on Instagram and wherever else. It's all at Cherry456. And, of course, make sure you follow Ozzy at Castro Ozzy on Twitter and ScreenFellows all over the place. It's all at ScreenFellows, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, like we just talked about, the and website. We've even, uh, as of this week, launched a subreddit. It is still under That's construction, true. but we want to facilitate conversations there. So if you feel like coming and just talking about your opinions on things versus our opinions, or you want an easy link to some of our content, be sure to check us out there as well. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Screen Fellows Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this Rebels recap. And we hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like and subscribe and rate us five stars and do everything. This is Screen Fellows. I suggest a new strategy. Only different in your mind.